You can be seated. Part of me feels like TK needs to just drop the mic and we can just walk out of here because that was balling, brother. I appreciate that. Well, my name's Chris Kellum. John, you said I'd be, uh, I'd be preaching today, and, and, you know, it's awesome to see you. It really is. I'm so glad you're here. I'm, I've got to put these on so I can see and uh, get my cheat notes out. So we are... Um, all right, so we're, we're in the middle of a series on, on praying the Lord's Prayer, on, on the Lord's Prayer, right? And I find it, well, I love the fact that we're, Jesus is teaching us how to pray on Super Bowl Sunday. So before we even go anywhere, I'm pulling for the Falcons. How many, how many Falcon fans we got? I don't, so basically, this side of the room has some Falcons fans, and you guys, are y'all really, is it Patriots over here? Huh? I knew you were, bro. Yeah. So, Lord, just uh, let all these people be wrong. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know, um, I'm, 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 I'm excited you're here, and, 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 and there's multiple reasons. One, because if, uh, if you're here, then that means God brought you here. And if you know him, then that means you're here to celebrate or learn more about what you know in him. But if you're here and you don't know Christ... Well, now I'm really pumped because, see, God's moved on you to have you here because what we do know is that God says everything you do, like, he, he's got you a plan. So he knows, like, if, you, if you're here, like, he brought you here. Pretty solid, huh? So whatever it is, whatever, if, you're, if you believe in him, if you don't believe in whatever, you're here for a reason, and he's got you here for that reason. That's pretty cool. So what does that mean? It means he's telling you something. He wants you to hear something today. Amen? Anybody excited about that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so if you have your Bibles today, I want you to uh, turn to Matthew 6, 9 through 13, or if you just want to look at the, at the screen, uh, Matthew 6, uh, 9 through 13. So just... Before I even get started, I need readers, right? These are not readers. <laughs> these are glasses they made for me, and they've got this tiny, for those of you that have these little, pers- what, are they, what, what kind of lens do they call them? Right. Well, I can't figure the progressive thing out, and my readers make me look so stupid that I just couldn't wear them. So I'm wearing these today, which is, y'all have to bear with my reading. So it says this, it says, uh, in verse 9, it says, Jesus, by the way, this is the Sermon of the Mount, right? And so Jesus is, and he's, he's up there and he's preaching. He's preaching for a long time and he's covering all kinds of topics. Well, one of the topics is, is about prayer. And so he says here, it says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we, we, we know that our Father in heaven, we heard John, you talk. So it's, it's relational, our Father. He talked about Abba, Father, like our Father. Like God wants a relationship, right? Hallowed be thy name. Now that kind of tripped me out when I first heard it. What, what do you mean? 
Like, let's, let's worship God. We, we just sang a song like, I, I've come to worship. Like, we want to worship his name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done. All right, listen. God's plan's better than yours. Hate to break it to you. It's hard for me to hear it to myself. Look, I have to tell myself this. His plan is better than mine. It's better than yours. It's better than ours. Now, one of the things that, that, that gave me some peace in this was that Romans 12, I love Romans 12, but one of the things it does is, is he's talking about like, like if you get in his word and then your mind will be, will be transformed and then he, then he goes on to say and, and then you can test and approve what, what his will is for your life and then it says this, good, perfect, and pleasing. Well, that's pretty cool, Right? Good, perfect, and pleasing will. So what that's saying is that his will for your life will be good, like you're going to dig it, right? Two, it's going to be pleasing. You're real. I mean, you're going to be pleased with it. But get this, perfect. Perfect. It's why you were created. That will, his will for your life is why you are on this earth. It's why you're on this earth. I've had to ask myself several times, why fight it? <laughs> and if I'm just being honest, why fight it? And I, I have fought it. I, I, I did. Thy will be done. And today, we're talking about the, the next line is what? Y'all got it right in front of you. Give us this day, give us today our daily bread. What does he mean by that? What does he mean? Well, <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you. He needs to give me that bow tie you're working to, Bill. I wasn't going to say that. That is super, that's solid right there. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Look, 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 look. Depend on him for everything. Some of you may be like, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That was a low blow. But I'm for real, though. Like, seriously, depend on him for for everything. Like, take your needs to him. If you go through the Lord's Prayer, what you see is you see praise and petition, praise and asking, praise and asking. God wants you, wants us to ask him for things. That's pretty cool. Really cool. In fact, the Bible says this, if you have, if, I don't know if this will be on the screen, it's Psalm 34, 17, says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. Well, some of you are probably like, man, I don't, I don't feel that righteous. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't feel too righteous, man. I'm like, the Lord hears the righteous. What, what's that all about? It's a, you know, it's a really crazy word. Like, I don't get it. It's kind of Christian-y. Guess what? Righteous. Like, I don't feel that way either. I don't feel that way either. And the reason I don't feel that way is because I'm not righteous. I'm not righteous. In fact, I say this all the time. So he knows. Right? I say this all the time, and I mean it. Y'all think I'm kidding, but if the thoughts that go through my head came up on that screen, you would run me out of here. And you're like, dude, you say that every time. But I'm like, no, I want you to get it. Because it... I'm not. I'm not. It's horrible. But see, I know that there's some people here today that, that you don't feel righteous. 
You're like, man, this God thing, this Jesus thing, it, 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 it don't work for me, man. It's not working for me. You know, like everybody else, like I get all those Christian people, like, you know, I, I get it, but God wouldn't really get me because, see, I got some stuff in there that eh, you don't really want to know about. You know how I know this? Because I lived years and years and years with that thought in my head. I lived years going, man, those dudes, those people over there, like, they don't really know what's in here, man. Like, God gets them. He, he likes them. He, not me. See, I didn't feel righteous. But, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all you who are weary or burdened, and I, I will give you rest. And, and the thing is, like, I, I went through this weird time where I was, like, checking out a whole bunch of other religions and, and things like that, right, because I was agnostic for what I realized now was, like, 10 or 12 years where I just thought Jesus was, like, whatever, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard and doesn't make any sense and whatever, whatever. And then my world started getting rocked, Right? My world started getting rocked. And then I, as I checked out other religions, I realized, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. That is a radical, radical statement made in the Bible. Radical. And here's, some of y'all are like, what do you mean? And here's what I mean. There's not another religion in the world that says, come to me. They all say, go fix yourself first. You go fix yourself, and then you come to me. But see, that's not what our God says. He's like, listen up, Chris. In your nastiness that you feel, in your shame, in your lust, in your pride, in the things that you don't even tell people about because only you know, come to me. You bring that to me and you watch what happens. And I did. But see, check this out. Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then, so let us then, as in like, when you get that, all right? So let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. With confidence, with assurance, draw near to God. We hear James say that. We prayed about it this morning. It's like, hey, God says, listen, you draw near to me, and guess what? I'll draw near to you. You seek me, and you will find me. doesn't matter how you feel. This is not about emotions. This is about fact. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care how you feel because what I want, I want you to be pierced by truth. Truth that the almighty God loves you and that you can't get away from it. And it doesn't matter if you feel bad about yourself because he's sitting there going, come to me. And then he says, with confidence you can approach me. With confidence. With confidence. I bet Tom Brady feels pretty confident today because he's been there and he's like, man, I got this. Think about how God feels. You know, he's going to throw Brady in on that. Dude. I didn't either, I have to say. <laughs> but I felt it. <laughs> See, here, look, the bottom line is this, and I'm going to quit screaming. When God looks at you, and if you, if you have been saved by Jesus, when he looks at you, you know what he sees? You know what he sees? Righteousness. 
righteousness. He doesn't see your righteousness, though. He doesn't see my righteousness. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. So that, so for, if there's anybody here who doesn't know who Christ, or if you, don't, if you haven't accepted Christ, I want you to know that, that like, because it didn't make sense to me for a while. Like, why would he have to go die? Like, what, what, what's that? Oh, he died for me. Like, yeah, what's that? That's what I'm talking about. Because now God can look at you, and he sees Jesus. And when you die in Christ, you're with him. Philippians 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything, right? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and, get this, your minds in Christ Jesus. So like, we heard it again, right? Through prayer and petition, right? Through, through, pray, through praising God and like asking him for them, asking for your needs, presenting your needs to him. Like I said, praising God and asking him. But why, why praise? You know, before I accepted Christ, and it, I'm not, I'm, I'm, by the way, this is not about me, but all I can do is talk to you about what I've experienced, right? What happened in, in my life. And so I'm going to tell you that before that, I was going, man, I heard this church. I grew up in church. I just thought it was a, was, the whole thing was a myth. But I, and, and honestly, ridiculous. But, and I thought, what an arrogant God. I heard all the people talk about God wants to be proud. I was like, what arrogance? I don't, I mean, that is crazy to me. But you know, after I accepted Christ, you know what happens? When I start praising God, when I sing those songs, something happens to me. When I wake up in the morning and I got the worst day ahead of me and I start going, God, you were this, God, you were that, you were gracious, you were kind, you were loving, you're bigger than it, your love transcends understanding. When I do that, something happens to me. It's tangible. It's not a, he don't want you praising him because he needs your praise. It's medicinal. It's medicine to the soul. Something happens when you praise him. God wants you to ask, give us this day. God wants you, he wants you to ask. He wants you to bring everything to him. He's not bothered by your persistence. There's a lot of people right now. I'm not even kidding. Y'all think I'm joking about this Super Bowl. There's some dudes on both of those teams that are praying persistently. God, 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 give me the, you know. I mean, they're, God doesn't, he doesn't have a problem with that. He wants that. Well, how do you know, Chris? How do you know? God, John Hughes said it a little while ago. He said the, we are a gospel-centered church. You're going to hear I'm blazing through a bunch of scripture because I'm not. I can't sit. I can't sit up here and preach to you. It's not my words. I just take what God's already promised and just share it with everybody because it's the gospel. It's truth. Look what He says. You know, there's. A, you talk about His persistence. You know, the Lord's Prayer is actually recorded in two different locations in Scripture. Did y'all know that? 
Did y'all know that? It's, it's recorded on the Sermon on the Mount, right? But then it's all in, in Matthew 6, but then it's also recorded in Luke 11, where one of the disciples is like, yeah, uh, Jesus, you teach us how to pray? You teach us how to pray? And I love the Luke 11 because, let y'all into the way I see this. Luke 11, it says, starts off, one, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Uh, you, wanna, you know why Jesus says go off in a certain place by yourself? You know why scripture says go off somewhere like don't, you know, go somewhere private and get down on your knees and pray or whatever? Like, because you're alone with him. And Jesus modeled that. We see over and over and over in scripture, in, in a certain place, Jesus went to a certain place where Jesus, he, he'd been off praying. Right? But it says, they, they said, Lord, teach us to pray, right? And Jesus says, okay. When you pray, say, Follow, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. But hold on, Jesus, that's not what you said over here. That's not what you said over here, though, right? I mean, you, there's a whole bunch of other words you didn't put in there, right? Well, I love, you know, there's been a lot of debate over this, by the way. And I love this, though, because don't you know the disciples had to be at the Sermon on the Mount, right? I mean, they had to be there, and you know they were there. And Jesus had to be like, bro, how many times I got to tell you this? Like, for real, like, I've already told you. But I think that we look at the Lord's prayer and we're like, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your, like, it's not words that we just recite. And I'm so guilty of that because I used to look at the Lord's prayer like, man, we, you know, we sing it at weddings, we do all these things, and it's like, it's not just something we're to recite. So, and I love the differences here because it's like Jesus says, okay, hold up, listen, listen, listen. Praise God, acknowledge his ways are better than yours, and then tell him your needs. Wait, what? Hold, wait, y'all, hold up. Praise God, acknowledge that his ways are better than yours, tell him your needs. Praise God, acknowledge that his ways are better than yours, and tell him your needs. You know, and if you go on and if you look at verse 5, what's the first word of verse 5? What is it? Somebody throw it out. Then. 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 So what Jesus did is, what he did, what he did is he showed them, he told them, all right, praise God, acknowledge your plans, or my plans better than yours. And then, and then present your needs to me. And then he says this. Then he tells a parable. He tells a parable, and I think this is amazing. I think this is so amazing because this is, in essence, if you read it, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but this is, this is the gist of the parable. All right, so you're asleep in your house, and you got all your kids, and they're crashed, and it's midnight, and your, uh, your neighbor comes, and he beats on the door. Hey, man, and his neighbor goes, hey, listen, man, you're, like my buddy just rolled into town, and he's hungry, and I got no bread. Can I get some from you? And you're like, as the word says, wait, hold up, wait, like, hold on. One is midnight. Nobody needs to be eating at midnight, especially carbs. 
no. But then, no, he says, look, it's midnight, and like, my kids are asleep. You see it in the, it's like, man, just leave me alone. Go, go, get, go by. I'm not, no, I'm not getting out of bed. He keeps knocking. He keeps knocking, and it goes out, and it says this. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because, of his, because he is friend, yet because of the man's boldness, because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Some of you didn't know that, did it? I didn't know that for a long time. That's, that's something, isn't it? Because what God is saying because this is a parable, right? So God is somebody in this passage, and who God is is the person that's has the have the that went to answer the door. It was like, no, man, no, get, it's midnight. Get out of my face. And God didn't really say that, but you know, it's funny to think that. But but the guy kept on. It says in his boldness that God, that the guy, right, he gave him the bread. And when I first when I first read this, I thought, huh. Pleading with God, like over and over and over and over and over again, that that just didn't sound right to me. But again, it's in the Word. But then he says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for everyone who asks receives and he he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. God's not bothered by your persistence. I will say this too. We've asked for a lot. We ask for a lot, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen. I attended a funeral not long ago where a man died, and I found out that his family had been praying for him for 30 years. He didn't know the Lord. He didn't know, he didn't know Jesus. He wasn't saved by Christ. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And they're, I don't mean, 30 years. 30 minutes is too long for me sometimes. I can't imagine 30 years. But you know what happened right before he died? Right before he died, he accepted Christ. Their father, he accepted Christ. 30 years of praying. And there's multiple stories like that. I look around and I see faces right now and I know some of you and myself included that we've prayed and 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 it didn't happen and it hadn't happened yet. Walker Wilbanks was one of the most troubling things I've ever seen in my life. When that kid died, I freaked because I was like, God, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see what you're going to do when you bring him back from basically being dead. It's going to rock this community. But then he died. Then he died. And I, I was like, whoa, whoa. But then God reminded me, this isn't your home, Chris. This is a wave in an ocean. In me, your home is eternity. And I wrestled with that. I wrestled with it. I wrestled with it. And you know, the other day I came home. I was driving home. It was, what, two, three years ago that happened? And I saw a guy with an old Miss sticker on the back of his car. Brand new car, brand new little old Miss sticker. And in the corner, I saw 65, and in the corner, I saw 22. And if you're from here, you know that the 
65 was his football number, 22 is his baseball number, and the stickers are all over all these kids' cars. And I will tell you that it rocked my world when I saw it. I was preparing for this message, and I saw it. I thought, my Lord, I didn't get it. But there's a kid at Ole Miss right now who is celebrating the fact that Walker loved you, God, and he wants to recognize that by these stickers on his card. I just thank you right now because I didn't get it. I didn't get it at the time. I was so mad. I didn't get it. See, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that at the time, but I get it now. See, sometimes we ask for things and it doesn't happen, but we question In everything, by prayer and petition. In everything. Don't stop. Don't stop. Be persistent in your prayers. Draw near to him. Will you turn to, uh, or put James 5, 16... Y'all, I'm about to be done, I promise. So if you look at James 5, Jesus' brother, all right? So he says, the prayer of a righteous man is, a power, is powerful and effective. And then he says this, look at 17. Elijah was a man just like us, right? He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain. And, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed... And the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced crops. Now, what, all right, Chris, where, where are you going? Give me five minutes, and we're done. All right? If you look back at Kings, if you look back at First Kings, if you, look at, if you look at, actually, if you flip and you look at seven, I think it's 17. Yeah, it says 17. Now, Elijah, right, he prayed that there would be no rain, that there would be no rain. Because see, in Deuteronomy, back in Deuteronomy, God was talking about, man, when all these idols and stuff is going down, like all these people got idols, like he was going to withhold the rain from them right back then because he's like, look, man, they're worshiping Baal. They're doing all this stuff. They're doing all this crazy stuff. Like I'm going to withhold that for a while. Well, see, Elijah knew the word. Elijah had been in the word, and so he prayed, God, you see what's going on here right now? Would you withhold rain because you did it back then? You did it back then. God, would you do it? And guess what? He withheld the rain. You flip over a chapter and you look at 18. And so now Elijah had just done this thing where he had gone off and he had, God had brought down fire from, from heaven and sucked up. Not like all the, y'all look at it when I really go read it. It's, it's uh, 18. But then you look at, uh, you look at verse 41 and it says, And Elijah said to Ahab, get this, go Go eat and drink, for there's the sound of heavy rain. Well, see, he had been praying now for rain, right? He's praying for rain because all the, they just wiped out like the, the, all the people or all the, the ministers of Baal. He says this. I love this. Elijah prayed for rain. Uh, rain. Ahab, well, he went off to eat. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm going to go eat, Right? And then it says this, but, 
verse 42. Elijah climbed to the top of, 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 top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, put his face between his knees. Put his face between his knees, and he said, go look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and he looked. There was nothing. You get that? There was nothing. God, give me rain. Lord, give me rain. Give me rain. Give me rain. Heal this disease, God. Nothing. Nothing. This is why I want you to read this. Look at this right here. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. But I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, God, I've been praying this for so long, and you're not answering me. I'm I'm done, Lord, I'm done. Go back. Don't stop. Knock on the door. But God, no, go back. Because see, look, Elijah went to count, went, went up to Mount Carmel, but look, look what he did. He, got, he took a stance. He got down on his knees and he put his face between his knees. Everybody else, like, Ahab was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to, Lo, to Moe's over here, you know? And he was like, bro, I'm getting away and I'm going to get before God and I'm going to ask because he's going to answer. And he did. But he positioned, he took a posture ready to hear from God. And I don't know about you, but when I read this, I first have to ask myself, have I taken a posture? What is my stance before God? Is my face to the ground? Are you begging? Are you pleading with him? Is your face to the ground? Seven times he went back, but look, check this out. The seventh time the servant reported, well, there's a small cloud about the size of a man's hand. But, you know, it's it's way out there, man. So Elijah said, hey, you better get ready. It's on, right? That's what he said, it's on. But see, it was so far in the distance. And what God was doing, God let him hang there for a little bit. He did. He let him hang in it, seeing just a little bit, you know, holding out that little nugget. You know, but he let him rest in that. He let him, because we talked the other day in our Bible study, what's a life of expectation look like? In Psalm 38, David was like, Lord, life is so brutal. My back hurts. My friends hate me. I can't hear for you. For 14 verses, he goes on going, God, life is terrible, but I'll wait. Because you will answer. That's a posture of somebody ready to hear from God. Because what Elijah said to Ahab, you better go hitch up your chariots, bro, because it's about to turn on. You're about to see that hand turn into something crazy. It's about to rain because my God's already done it. Because all I got to do is go back and pull this thing out. And if I'm asking myself questions, why not, why not, why not? Why don't I just open this and look? Here's my answers. Because Elijah said, it's on. You better hit your chariot up is what he said. Hit your chariot up. What do you think? Think about how that must have sounded to that guy. Hitch up your chariot, bro. You better get ready. Because I know you don't see but just a little bit out there, but my God is way bigger than that. 
Where did he get that confidence? Got it in the posture of expectation. See, God wants you to ask. He's not bothered by your persistence. He loves it. He loves it. And I know some of you are still asking. And I know you're sitting in limbo. I've got some things I'm sitting in limbo about. But I do know this. I know that God has made some promises that it doesn't have anything to do about my emotions of what I feel. Because he's, he's promised some things. And what he said to me, what he says to you, what he said to everybody, you seek me and you'll find me. You draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That's the God we serve. That is your God. 